Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Pour the Tea Podcast. I'm Mel. And I'm Tess. <coughs> and I'm there so she is sorry. Coughing. It hit me. No, it's fine. Girl, that's been me this whole time. I'm like, one second, let me let me cough real quick. <laughs> no in fact, kidding. I have a cough drop in my mouth, so if that's what you hear, that's Maybe why. Maybe I need to go get one. <laughs> All right. It's so the sickies. We... <laughs> They're going around. Everybody's got it. It's terrible right now. It's the truth. It is the truth. But we are so glad you're here. We are covering 90 Day Fiance Season 10, Episode 6, and this one is titled... If it, and this one... <laughs> And this one is tiled. Oh my gosh, tiled. <laughs> titled. This Connery. one is titled. This one is titled If Anyone Objects. I do. I, I, object. I do too. I'm raising my hand. We are waving the flags, y'all. We are here waving the flags. Yes. So it starts off back with Sophie and Rob, which if you were with us in the last episode, cliffhanger, because Sophie moved mm-hmm. out of Rob's house for finding disgusting atrocious Vile, videos nasty, nasty mm-hmm. of women sending inappropriate things to rob through an app and rob sending them back and he, him saving them on his phone the nasty y'all the nasty that we just don't want to even talk about so it's rob in a confessional now and he sounds like he just he just doesn't give a crap he's outside sitting oh. on his phone he's sending a text saying i need to talk to you and he's like, she's probably done with me by now. And I don't even know, like, she could just be on a plane back to England. And I just don't even know. As she should. Yes, absolutely agree. And he has the audacity to say that it's a conversation that is months old now. So she's bringing up the past and she needs to let it go. But guess what? This is her present. She just figured this out from well, you. And we, we come to find out exactly how quote-unquote, old, these <laughs> messages are. Oh, God, so, brace myself. Brace yourself, exactly. So he is texting her. She's not responding, as she shouldn't. And he just doesn't look like he is showing any remorse. He's just like, nah, I just wish she would wish she would talk to me. Just hope that she'll give me, a, you know, give me another chance to make it up to her. Oh, no. Gross. How about no? How about we don't? So yeah. we're going to move on from him because I can't Good. stand him. And we're moving on to my other besties, Jasmine and Gino. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. They're going to meet Gino's family for the first time. And she just doesn't feel like she's in the mood to meet any of them. And she's kind of sulking around the house. She says that she is just going to do her best and put on a happy face, but that she doesn't trust any of them since their communication previously hasn't been very nice with her. Mm, with the whole wedding also, debacle. The whole wedding situation and, and sister-in-laws reaching out saying, you cannot get married on this date in this state because guess what? We're going to be out of town. <laughs> so she also doesn't like that she has to cover herself up and has to look super professional because that's just not who she is. She wants to show those boobies. Yeah, she paid for them and she's showing them off. Yeah. And she's wearing a, a fairly skin tight outfit. It's just yeah. not the neckline she would approve of. Yes. So she said that if she feels disrespected or if they're being rude in any way, she's flat out going to get up and leave. She's not going to stand for that. Wow. So she's complaining on the way to the restaurant about not wanting to meet his family. And he's like, listen, I met your sisters and went to talk to them willingly. So it's your turn. You, yeah. Like, you buck up, buttercup, because uh-huh. we're going. Yep. 
So they go to this bocce court place and it's rainy and freezing cold outside. And she says that it's a sign that he should not be going to meet his family because of the weather being gloomy. That is like a sign that this is not going to be a productive, good conversation or good meetup. And her biggest fear is that they're going to essentially stop Gino from marrying her because she knows that he really listens to his family. And I'm like, okay, you're giving them a reason, though, to not be on your side here. Or maybe they're just there to meet you and to get to know you. Or maybe that. But in the same sense, you don't really have a great track record here. So (laughs) not so much. You know, we'll see how it goes. Oh, gosh. Well, I do not want to see how this goes because with Clayton... Annalie will be arriving today, and Clayton set up his bed in preparation for her arrival with his two stuffed panda bears. This grown-ass man puts stuffed animals on his bed. I mean, nothing says I am ready to start my life with you like a grown man putting stuffed animals on his bed. I'm sorry. (laughs) We're going to stop because I... (laughs) Okay. So if I were to walk into that, I'd be like, er, nope, I'm walking oh, I'd be like, out now. Turn right back around. I'd be like, okay, and this is your little brother's room or what? Yeah, stuffed animals. And nothing says after you meet up with your fiance from, who knows how long it's been since they've seen each other. Right. Nothing says I want a bone like two panda bears laying well, in the bed. Well, and he's putting the panda because he's got like a, a mama panda and a baby panda and he's putting the little one on the bed. And he's like... Panda needs a bath. Like, oh my God. <laughs> this man. What? This man probably talks to his stuffed animals. Like, has full-on conversations. You have to believe that's true. I, Remember, he has I no do. social life. I'm sure that yeah, they are his sad. friends. Sure. He yells to his mom <laughs> that he's about to head to the airport to pick up Annalie. And she comes right on out of that closet holding her Chromebook. And she's like, okay. And... The sweet thing, though, is she was just in the closet trying to learn some Spanish so she can talk to Annalie. It was so, so cute. I'm like, oh, she's trying. She really wants the best for her so she can communicate. Okay, sweetie, but let's try to move out of the place that you are living so your son can have a healthy relationship. Well, my guess is mom doesn't work. I I got a feeling like mom doesn't work. Maybe she's on some kind of like disability. But this man's childish words are dripping with derision when he tells her she needs to not talk to Annalie like she's a baby, but talk to her like she talks to him. So not only are you saying that like she's talking babyish and talking down, you're not even grateful that she's trying to learn how to talk with her. I will give her that. And I'm like, okay, so... She needs to talk to Annalie like she's a whiny little bitch. Got it. Because that's exactly how you're acting with it. Understood. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, he bought flowers for Annalie, but he doesn't typically like to buy flowers because for him, they're just an expensive gift that dies. If that is not a representation of all of the relationships that are happening on this show, then I do not know what is. How many of these people are paying for other people to live to buy things only for this to just kind of blow up in their face we've seen it with gino we're seeing it with nikki we are now seeing it with ashley because manuel has no way of paying for anything 
And all of these relationships are extremely dysfunctional. <laughs> I cannot. I'm sorry. I <laughs> just am saying, thinking like, about all of this. That when I just... you break it down this way, you're like, holy smokes, not a single relationship is a healthy relationship. No, not at all. Um, they, he's at the airport and Annalie walks down those stairs and he's a blubbering mess. His face is soaked with tears and snot and he just Aww. wants to give her a kiss. But I'm like, wipe your face. Man, do not, do oh, not. like legitimate snot? Well, you know, I mean, like your nose gets runny, but. Sure. Don't be kissing her with a runny nose, man. What if that transfers into her mouth? No, sir, oh. get gone. <laughs> you know, you know, if you saw that, you'd think that same thing. Oh, sure. He gives her some gifts and the last one is a mug with his picture on it holding his guinea pigs. And he tells her, don't eat these. Don't eat mm. these. <laughs> I'm like. That mug is atrocious, sir. There is nothing cute about that. But she does tell him, she's like, listen, if you piss me off, I'm eating them. I'm eating those damn things. She'll laugh about it. But no, seriously, I'm like, she, I think she will. I think she'll eat those damn guinea pigs. They're gone. Outfits and all, like, she's going to eat the damn guinea pigs. You know it. This is not for real. (laughs) This is for real. He gives her, like, a stuffed llama, a shirt that says, Te amo infinite or whatever. Look at infinite. I don't know. It's like a, it sounds like a Harry Potter or something, but like a picture of them and like the mug with his face and the guinea pigs. And he's like, don't eat these. Okay. Like I love them. They're my people. She's like, well, if you piss me off, they're going right in the frying pan. Oh my God. Yes. I cannot. Okay. Uh-huh. That's why I'm like, he is the conductor of the circus train. He yeah, is choo choo. He really he's bringing us right into crazy town. We're going to put a pin in them because we are going to head on over to another one of our least favorite couples, Ashley and fucking Manuel, man. I cannot stand to look at his smug, cocky face on my freaking screen. I cannot take it. I am happy to skip over his stuff because he just radiates blah. It's disgusting. He's so condescending. He's such an a-hole. He's like gum on your shoe that you just can't get off. No matter how many times you scrape it off, it's no, just he's freaking poop. there. He's some dog poo-poo that gets in the crevices of every little nook and cranny in your shoe that you can't get off despite wiping your foot repeatedly in the grass. And you're like, what's that step? smell? I still smell it. I still smell the poop. That's exactly what he is. We are at her house and... She and Manuel are happy. Like, they seem so content. Like, nothing is wrong. And then all of a sudden we hear a producer chime in. And he's like, I'm sorry. Hold on. Actually, what is happening right now? Because as far as I know, just an hour ago, you two were at each other's throats. And she's like, well, <laughs> we've had sex. So we're good now. So we went ahead and just swept all of our problems under the rug with like the world's biggest broom and we're good now. There's so much power in sex. Like when you're about to orgasm, you can feel it vibrating your body and anything that you want, you just think of it right in that moment and just feel it powering through you. There's just so much power in it. And I'm like, can we stop talking about this because it's making me uncomfortable at the fact that you're using that to hide or not to your confront issues. your problems. Yes. I'm so glad that you guys have a wonderful sex life. That's fantastic. That's great. I want no part of it. I don't want to hear about it either. 
I felt like I was on Tessa's sex show 101 just there for a second. <laughs> like, like, I did not vibrate and radiate. That's what she said. Those are her words, man. I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to talk about it. I don't want to mention it. She brought it up, not me. I'm looking at back at her like, stop, stop talking. She she's the one that introduced it into my life, and my ears can't unhear that. So now you get to hear it and be tortured by it as well. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. She's taking Manuel to a bar to meet some of her friends, and these are they look like they're the same people that we saw in the very first episode prior to Manuel arriving that she kind of talked to a little bit. Mm. But this this gathering is awkward to say the least because as any friend would do ashley has vented to them about manuel's behavior in the past she's even says he's got a a strong ego he's got a big ego he's condescending he's controlling and i've said these things about my about my fiance how are any of those not warranting a red flag for you like why do you keep pushing this aside I think that she's well aware of it. I think she just has this very false pretense or false belief that she's going to fix him or that it's going to get better in 90 days. No, it won't. But she also says that because she's vented to her friends and her friends know all these things, her friends tend to give her opinion on him, even if it's not warranted. And to that, I say, I'm sorry, Ashley, if you were to vent to me about an issue And you did not start the conversation off with a, listen, I just need to vent with you. I'm not here to listen to any opinions. I just need to hear you listen. Mm -hmm. Okay, fine. Then I'm not going to give you, you just need to talk. And that's fine. Yeah. But if you come into it and you're like, I'm having these problems and I give you an opinion, don't be pissed at me because I see, because I can see things a little bit clearly from an outside perspective of the relationship. Right. So don't get pissed, Ashley, when your friends give opinions on this guy of things that maybe you need to be more aware of and see things. Maybe maybe they're making this stuff like like they're bringing all this stuff to light that you're like, oh, no, but it's wonderful. It's magical. Like we fight. We've bickered every day, but it's okay because we have a wonderful sex life. No. Uh, So let me guess. They brought up all of these red flags that. Of course, we are all seeing, and she was not having it. Well, it was just like they're sitting down, and what was really sweet is that her, she has a couple of, she had like four or five friends there, but there is a couple that are there that are married, and they're trying to talk to him in Spanish, and they're saying, un poquito, like, I I don't speak a lot, I can speak a little. So they're trying, Mm -hmm. and it's very, very sweet, but they're just, they're like, okay, well, you know, trying to get to know him on a different level. They're hearing what Ashley is saying, but maybe, you know, maybe he's not really like that. Or maybe it's just like they're at the beginning stage of it. And now that they've had some time to get to know each other and they're here in person, maybe things look a little bit different. But the one friend asks him, you know, how excited are you about getting married? And he said, "Mm, about 80% excited. Like, uh, okay, well, uh, what about the other 20%? Mm -hmm. And he does say, which I understand, he says, I think the other 20% is I think we need more time getting to know each other. Mind you, this is the guy that wanted an additional 30 days on, added oh. onto his visa. Correct. He just thinks that 90 days isn't enough time to do that. He also then says, you know, there's always going to be secrets in a marriage. And she says, oh, hold on, hold on just a second. This is my husband. I don't have secrets with him. There is nothing that I don't right. tell this man right here. Manuel then just kind of shuts down. He doesn't like, and Ashley tells us this, he cannot stand 
being asked questions. In fact, he's told Ashley before, stop asking me questions. Well, Mm -hmm. no, that's not how Mm -hmm. that works. Mm -mm. They want to know who this person is that's come into their friend's life that that she's going to marry. And he doesn't want to talk. So then finally he says, look, translate this for me, Ashley. Just tell them that whatever I've said to not take it personal. And I don't mean it. Like, I, I don't mean to be this way. And so they're like, okay, well, we're not trying to, mm, we, we okay. don't want you upset. We don't want you mad. But he's still sitting over there like sulking. And he doesn't want to talk. He doesn't want to communicate anything else with them. Then he has an interview and he's like, I know that her friends were going to, instead of saying, ask me questions, he says, attack me. That was his response. Like, oh. I know her friends were going to attack me. It's made me upset and it's made like my blood boil and... I don't want enemies. I just want friends. But you're telling well, them that you have secrets. I, I don't get it. Well, yeah. And friendships don't, they allow for ebb and flow in conversation. That means asking questions. And some yeah. might be uncomfortable. And then that's when you're like, I'm not really comfortable with answering that. Let's move on. Okay, great. Whatever. Yeah. Well, not only that, but friends for, for many people are family. So sure. when they, yeah. they, they're asking these questions about you, it's genuinely to get to know you because you are in love with, with their friend. Their person. And so what kind right. of person are you? We've only heard about you. We don't, we haven't heard from you. Mm. And that's what they were trying to do. And so when you were answering these questions or really kind of like lacking in answering the questions, they're kind of like, we don't know who this person is. He's sitting here saying, that he's not very confident in getting married with her and that there's secrets in a relationship and that, you know, he's kind of dismissive to all of their questions and I'm done talking to you. So how do you expect them to be? You can't sit there and then say, well, I don't want enemies. I want friends. Well, you're not treating them like a friend, like a potential friend. Right. I don't know, Ashley. Mm -hmm. I can't help you, girl. I cannot Mm -hmm. freaking help you. I cannot make you see this. And, of course, her friends give an interview and like, we're really worried about her. We're worried about this, they should this be. guy. Yeah. We're worried about who she is marrying. Is he enough for her? Is he the right person for her? I don't I'm think you're no. asking that genuinely. I think you know the answer to that question. And right. I don't think you want to say that. Let's put a pin in them. I'm done with them. I can t- only take him in short, short spurts. But we're with and Nick. And the producers know that. Oh, then. Oh, yeah. Because I think the person are like, we need to get out of here. I'm done. I'm done <laughs> with Manuel. But we are with Nick and Nick meets up with his parents and introduces Devin to them. OK, the way that Nick described his parents, I was expecting someone more like Milton's mom. Sure. The, yeah. The like tough, hardcore. The hard personality, the not laughing like I'm not here for the bullshit. We're going to get down to it. What do you want from my son? But mm-hmm. that's not what we got. His mom sees Devin and she's waving and she immediately runs up to Devin and embraces her. And I'm thinking, Nick, did you just blow this like way out of proportion for her? You made it such a high amount of pressure. Like this woman is so sweet. And then I would not expect that based off of, you know, the buildup that he did. That's what I'm saying. That's like I pictured a Milton. Milton situation with the mom hardcore, the sister. Where the mom full on had CIA, like looking up your background kind of situation. Yes. Well, then he introduces his dad to her. And the dad even learned some English to talk to her. And he's got this big smile on his face. And they're complimenting her, telling her how pretty she is and how wonderful she seems. And I'm like, Nick, this is not the description that you gave us of these people 
You made no. them out to be like these monsters that monsters. are just going to attack her. They're really wanting to get to know Devin. And they're excited to learn all about her. His sister and her two kids are there at the dinner. And it's a little overwhelming for Devin because... Mind you, this is such a stressful situation because Nick built it up so much in his head. And she kind of just is very not talkative, not she doesn't know how to present. She's very quiet. And her sister asks, you know, do you know any Korean words? Is there anything that you know? And Nick, of course, is having to translate this. And you can just see Devin if she were a turtle, like she would just be in her shell right now. And she's like, I don't. I don't want to. Like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to say any words. She's just so overwhelmed. His mom mentions how much she will miss him when he's gone. And again, he's having to translate this. And that's an honest reaction. You know, she's not saying that she's going to miss him to make him feel bad. She's just saying these things like, this is my kid. Like, you're going to be moving to a different continent. I'm going to miss you. I'm sure she said these same things to him. When he moved to Australia, like mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't matter if your kid is five miles away or your kid's 5,000 miles away. You're going to miss them. Sure. But he's translating this to Devin and she starts crying. It's too much for her. She's Poor so thing. sensitive. I know. She's so sensitive. And the last thing, because she says in an interview, the last thing that she was ever wanted to do is hurt his family. By pulling them away. Like, she doesn't want to hear that. She doesn't want to hear that her mom, his mom is going to be sad. It's so sad. I'm like, oh, poor Devin. Like, this has built built up too much in her mind. Too much pressure has been put on this one freaking meeting. Damn, Nick. (laughs) It really was unnecessary, though, for him to say all the things that he did. He just needed to do the pleasantries of, this is customary, yeah. With the water situation, turning when she's drinking water as to not be rude. Otherwise, yeah. just be yourself. That's all be that yourself. I could ask for. My parents for. are going to love you. They're going to know yes. how much I love you. And even her mom said, or his mom said that, like, I can see how much he loves her oh. and how much she makes him happy. That's all a parent wants. <laughs> That's all that it matters. <sighs> Nick. So <laughs> our friends, Jasmine and Gino. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she said she's not surprised that his family is being nice to her. But mind you, she didn't even want to go to this whole shindig, okay? Mm -mm. She said she's not surprised because it's like an animal with its prey. They're nice at first trying to attract them before they attack. That is so jacked up. I'm like, you are a sassy human, okay? She is. Like, the assumption that these people are just going to attack you the second you come in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it makes you wonder, like, what has Gino said to her to make her feel that way? I know. Well, we all know that their relationship is toxic, so oh, I can only toxic. imagine what he said. But they're playing bocce ball, and that's just what him and his family do. Like, they thrive on bocce ball. He mm. said it's a fun, friendly, challenging game. And Gino is actually impressed that Jasmine is a natural at bocce because he calls her a true Italiano. I'm like... Is she, she's from Panama. Yeah. She's she from Panama. So his family is trying to figure out her real intent because Gino isn't the most. And this is what his family said. So I'm just repeating. So don't come for me. But uh, because Gino isn't the most good looking guy, nor does he have a lot of money. Yikes. 
Yikes is right. So they feel like her motive is to come here to get other sugar daddies. Like, let me get my foot in the good old USA. I'll marry wow. this guy, divorce him, and then have my my sugar daddies going along. So Yikes. that's their whole uh, MO. Their, his family's whole MO behind their thoughts on Jasmine. So Gino goes to chat with the guys that are there, which are his family, his cousins, and his brother. And he's chatting with the guys, and he starts spilling the tea to them. He's like, hey, it's been a rough start, and tells them all of the deets about giving her $4,000 to go get a wedding dress, and how she spent that $4,000 on a cosmetic procedure, which aka meant getting her booty done. Why would he tell them that? I don't know. I'm telling you, Gino's <laughs> just as dramatic as she is. But I'm like, but so, what purpose will that serve? You know that no good's going to come from that. If they're already having reservations about her, that's not going to help the situation. No, it just added fuel to the fire. Truly, that's what it did. Yeah. But his family's like, um, yeah, that's a that's a huge deal. This is a big red flag, and yeah. she can't do this kind of stuff. Mm-mm. So now it puts it into his family's head that they're worried that Jasmine is just there to use Gino. To use him for his money. That she's not grateful for the money that she's given. So she's going to spend it on something else. Because she'll end up getting more. He'll just keep giving more and more and more. Uh oh. Mm -hmm. So the sister-in-law goes to ask them about wedding plans. And Jasmine just kind of lays it all out there. And she's like, well, we actually don't want a big celebration. We just want it to be more private. Just me and Gino and Coco, the dog. And... The family is just like, excuse me? Like, (laughs) are you kidding me? No, we are here to celebrate. We are going to do this. And this hurts his family. And she's saying, you know, it's not fair that my family can't be here. And it breaks her heart that they're so far away. And the the whole situation just makes his family upset because they want to be there. They want to celebrate them. They want to be invited. Yeah. So they feel like Gino needs to bring these things up. Like, hey, fight for my family. No, they are coming. They're going to be there. And one of uh, Gino's cousins brings it up that, hey, we have concerns here. And Jasmine starts defending herself. You know, it starts getting super uncomfortable saying that she sacrificed a lot to come here. And I was surprised that Gino stood up for her, which I thought was great because he normally he has a truck record for not standing up for her yeah but his brother goes to ask what she's going to do to help contribute to their marriage and financially and all of that and she's like yo i can't work right now like i'm on a visa and my visa says no working and so she gets it in her head that his family is labeling her because she was not born here in america and so she doesn't like that they're having these concerns and bringing them up and She brings up the prenup situation, yikes! which if you don't remember that, that is when um, Gino kind of mentioned wanting a prenup and Jasmine lost her ever loving mind. And she's like, if we're doing a prenup, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to have a wedding. I'm not marrying you. Nothing like that. She said that she's, you know, super upset that that was even something that was brought up, that that was even on the table. And Gino's sister's like, or brother and sister-in-law are like, Uh, The prenup is to protect everything that he has worked hard for. We have a prenup. We signed one before we got married. That was my, the sister-in-law's like, my dad's, uh, you know, 
exception was that we get that done before we get married. And so Jasmine is like, I don't know what it's going to take for me to belong to this family, but it's not, she just doesn't feel the love. She doesn't feel like this is a good situation with his family involved. And she just wants to be, you know, it just be her and Gino. So why not just sign the prenup? If you're in this for the long haul, then the why right not reasons? just sign the prenup? Just sign it. Sure, yeah. That's my thought on it, too. But I, I'm like... You can put caveats in there, too. You can say, well, if we're married for this long, then I deserve spousal support or alimony for this. Or I get to tap into your retirement. Or whatever it is. Like You Something can send stipulations like to help you set up, too. Yeah. I think it's more so that she just felt like they don't trust her, which I'm like, sister, you're not really giving them a reason to trust you. So, but also they got to think of their brother or their their brother, cousin or whoever it is, you know, his well-being. Mm -hmm. Has he been married before? Do we know? We do not know. It has not um, made mention of that. But I almost wonder if maybe there's like some family money somewhere in there somewhere. I don't know. I just but they're trying to protect Gino. Maybe a little bit on eh, no no dis. Maybe a little bit on the spectrum. And so this yeah, is I their way that. of kind yeah, of protecting possibly. that. And sure. that maybe he's easily manipulated. Right. I mean, and that and maybe them. they're just trying to protect him in that sense, you know? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, no clue. Well, let's move on over to Nikki. Nikki is going to be meeting up with some of Justin's friends, with friends, which is a big deal because she has yet to do that. And we meet up with uh, several people who have really kind of stuck with him because when he told people that he was dating somebody who was trans, a lot of family and a lot of friends turned their back on him. So right now he's got a very strong select few and one of those friends is Roxy and she is a badass bitch. I really like her. Really like Roxy. Really like her a lot. She kind of confirms that Justin is not the type to date around because he never introduces girlfriends to his friends because he's a very private person, but does also Mm -hmm. know that Justin does love Nikki a lot. That's According okay. to Roxy, Roxy's, Roxy's known Justin for quite some time. And she, she even, yeah, she says he is not one of those to just bring girls around. Like he's very mm-hmm. private and very committed when he's with somebody. That has got to be, you know, that's got to be confirming, affirming to Nikki to make her feel a little bit better. Of okay, Maybe he's not getting sure. his bread buttered when I'm not here. Who knows? He <laughs> explains to them what it was like learning Nikki was trans. Because they haven't, they haven't been around all of this yet. Right. And he had no idea at the beginning that she was trans. From the beginning that they met, he just thought that Nikki was kind of like an exotic woman. Hmm. And it wasn't until much later on that he learned. But this conversation, Mel, it's so powerful because Nikki says to his friends, you know, look, in my defense... When I told my family that I was transitioning, my family turned their backs on me. So Mm -hmm. I had a history of people not accepting my decision. And the last thing that I wanted to do was have my, my, the man I love and want to marry turn his back on me too. So I was really, really scared. She goes, you know, when this all first happened and I was transitioning, I was homeless. Mm -hmm. And for a while I was on drugs. I had to resort to prostitution to feed my habit, to provide me shelter, to provide me food. Gosh. 
So I, I had no had, idea. I didn't know either. I mean, like I just got goosebumps because she had never expressed that before. She had never expressed the difficulty that she had to this. It is heartbreaking to think that she had to endure all of that to be able to deal with it. I mean, it's very yeah. brave of her to come on here and not only tell the world that she did it, but to express that to these people that she's just meeting for the first time. She sure. just wants them to understand her. What a brave story. I know. She's so good. And everyone's kind of looking at her like, wow, this this woman has been through some things. Sure. And Justin says, I don't, I don't, and I know what he's trying to say. He's like, I don't have, I don't feel sorry for her past because of who she is. I know what he's meaning. Like, I don't hold that against her, her past because of who she is now. And we kind of end their, um, their little thing here with, Nikki pulling Roxy. She wants to kind of talk to her, just kind of like a little kiki, a little girl time. So she wants to kind of <laughs> ask uh, Roxy about Justin and kind of get her feelings on where they're at. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm interested in knowing what happens with that. But, yeah. oh, Sophie, we got to talk about Sophie. We she gets on though. a video. We do. She's the good one. Her, I know, but Rob the only the time that we should be talking about her is if we should be hearing about her journey on her airplane from LAX to Heathrow because she went home. But we're not getting You're that. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. She's on a video call with her mom, and her mom's instantly like, what's going on? Are you okay? You know, mother's intuition. You just know when your kid is not well. Mm -hmm. And she explains to her mom her dream and how they've been intuitive before and tells her about the dream of Rob cheating and ultimately checking his phone. Her mom is shooketh, y'all. <laughs> she is pest. She is so upset. You know what I love about her is she's like, prior to this conversation, right? Wasn't the mom like, look, I have been very difficult with him, accepting him. I just want to like, let you know that I'm open to the idea. And now she yes. just needed so, this one little spark to light did. that flame again. She did. And I didn't mention that before. But yes, that was in the last conversation when they were talking about having kids. Um, that her mom, Sophie's mom was like, listen, I'm going to put the past aside. Yeah. I'm going to let the past be the past. I'm going to try really hard to love Rob the way that you do to see him the way that you do. And then mm -hmm. this happens. So mama's yeah. on a, she's on it now. Yeah. So apparently the last message was 14 weeks ago. Okay. Mind you, Rob said that this had happened way in the past that Sophie was bringing up old news uh, no, this was nope. three months ago and, yeah. um, y'all were still together. Of course. Yeah. yeah. So her mom calls him an actual knobhead. Oh, she and goes I'm like, real quick. She does. She goes rogue. <laughs> and Sophie reminds, Sophie reminds her that yeah. when he did it before, that if he were to do it again, she said she was done. And uh -huh. so mama's like, all right, come on, come on home, girl. I'm ready for you. So she's like, mom, Rob the knob. I hate him. And then the next second, she's like, you know what? You love him, Sophie. I'm going to accept him. And then she's like, I knew it. <laughs> I hated him. <laughs> Absolutely. And she's like, come on home to mama. Come uh -huh. on, girl. Yeah. But her mom is telling her to forget the crocodile tears that he's showing her. She asked Sophie, you know, what she's going to do because she doesn't have anyone there to help support her. And her mom is like, listen, you gave up so much of your life to come to America to be with him yeah. and he's performed the ultimate disrespect like yeah. you can't forget that you can't take nope. that back 
Nope. And so she's telling Sophie that she, you know, you can't be with this guy anymore. She can't marry him. And Sophie just stays completely silent. And I'm like, girlfriend, I swear to you. Well, because she knows her mom I is right. You. She knows she does, her mom's right. But I still feel like there's something holding her there where she's like, mm, you know, I might still the give D, this a try. The D must be really good. To the keep D her can't there. be that good for her to stick around with. It must be. No, the D Girl. cannot be that good. She is dickmatized for sure. She is dickmatized. Dickmatized. <laughs> oh it's true, gosh. right? We are. That is now going in Urban Dictionary if it's not already there. So you're welcome. But <laughs> dickmatized. She is. Oh my gosh, I'm going to use that word every day of my life now. <laughs> you are dickmatized. <laughs> this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Okay. So. <laughs> Her mom asks her if she still loves him. And Sophie's like, listen, I can't unlove someone so quickly. But what kind of a, re- a relationship is it without trust? You know, her mom was like, look, I can't tell you what to do, but I'll tell you what I want. And that's for you to get on a plane and come home. Yes. Yes, mama. Yes, we are right there with you. Sophie said that the best case scenario is them being able to get past it, which I don't know what the crap that's supposed to mean. No, (laughs) ma'am. And have a happier life going forward. So I'm going to put the brakes. You're saying that you're still willing to give this douche canoe a chance Mm -hmm. when he's cheated on you twice now that you know of. I'm going to say that you know of because I, I don't think it was only those two times. No. And she wants this happier life going forward, but it's always going to be in the back of your mind. And she's like, that's not fair to me either to always have to be constantly thinking about that, which I agree, girl, you don't deserve that. You don't deserve to have to keep wondering whether or not he's going to be faithful. If you stay, you're going to always think about that. You're always going to have that in the back of your mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my God. I don't know what to do with these people, but we've got Clayton. And Annalie. <laughs> oh, man. I can't I wait. Know. Give me the update of updates here. I know. Well, Annalie has made it to Clayton's apartment. And all of the craziness that has conspired in this one tiny little place. I mean, this apartment, by the way, did I mention it is tiny? It's not big. Mm. It is not a big apartment at all. His mom meets Annalie for the first time and tells her she loves her in Spanish, which it was it was sweet. And it was like, oh, the mom's trying. She's giving an effort. Yeah. And his mom even said, I've never seen him happy like this before. And it gives her comfort Mm. comfort to see him like that, which every mom wants their kid to be happy. Right. Like I said in the past, Annalie is very organized and it's very overwhelming for her. By this apartment and this chaos of the guinea pigs and of the dogs and the no table and the mom living in the closet. So when it's time for bed and he wants to, you know, go to pound town, it doesn't happen. Like he has lost his ever loving freaking mind thinking that with these pandas alone on this bed, she's going to do it. In fact, so much so that she uses said stuffed animals as a barricade to block him from coming to her (laughs) side of the bed because that's how bad she does not want to go to pound town with him. She is not digmatized. She is not digmatized. At least take her to a hotel or something like so you guys can be together for your first night back together. No, you're going to have mama there. Put your mom in a hotel. 
for a couple days. But I'm sorry, mood instantly killed with panda bears on the bed. Well, that's what I'm saying. And like, guinea pigs that you're going to dress up in a French hat. Yes, a beret. Oui, oui, mon ami. A beret. But yeah, I love that she's like, nope, not only do I not want to have sex with you tonight, but I'm going to use these cute little stuffed animal pandas right here in the middle. <laughs> do not pass this line. And the light goes off. He's like, okay, well, I guess we're not doing it tonight. All right, good night. I'll see you in the morning. <laughs> Awkward. Uh, she's like, good night. I'm going to bed. Now we leave them and we go to Ashley. No, please And no. I have to rub my temples because that's how I feel with her. But I will say Ashley is trying to get back on the right foot with Manuel. She wants to go to couples counseling. And to mm-hmm. me, that is the smartest thing that she has made. The decision she has made thus far. But sure, a smart decision. However, you guys will never be on the same page. No, but I think that she's hoping that she can get there because she says we have bickered every day that we've been together. Mm-hmm. How healthy is that? Mm-hmm. But guess what? To no one's surprise, Manuel wants no part of the counseling. He doesn't want to discuss his issues that he has with Ashley because in my mind, I'm like, he doesn't want to work them out. In his mind, mm-hmm. he probably does nothing wrong. Now, the therapist that they do go to, she's bilingual and she has dealt with people, with couples who have had K-1 visas in the past. So she's aware of some of the, the conflictions that people have, the issues, the cultural differences. But once they step in that room, Ashley holds nothing back. She immediately starts diving in and she tells the therapist that they're having major communication issues. Big communication issues. And his response to what he calls her nagging is to shut her up. Like to just Uh. shut her out, shut her up. Or he just kind of laughs at her whenever she's going on one of her tantrums. Oh, that would fuel me some serious rage. That's all I have to say. Dick. And she's even like, how can you say that? I can't believe you just said that right now. He's stigmatized. Oh, she is. Well, I mean, hello. No, he's he like is. The crowning he's he's stigmatized by his own. Oh my God, he's stigmatized. Self stigmatized. <laughs> he's self stigmatizing. Okay. Oh my God. Well, we leave them. Let's leave them. Let's get them gone. Be out of here. Ta-ta. But we're going over to Nick, and Devin. Poor baby. Is she's very upset and she feels so guilty for taking their son from them because she's just breaking down. She's crying and her mom's like. Is she crying over us? Like, what's the deal? And so he's translating saying, no, she's really upset because she understands that, you know, this is going to hurt you guys in the long run. And his mom tells her, like, it's okay. As a parent, you're always going to worry about your kid. Absolutely. No matter how far they are. But I don't sit here and I don't blame you, Devin, for taking Mm -hmm. my son away. I'm going to give you my blessing. (sighs) What a beautiful mother. Who's not this monster. Oh. Oh my gosh i love her yes and she wishes them a happy life way to he go he seems to have such wonderful parents and at this whole time i'm like in my mind mentally trying to prepare myself like, like okay if they come at her because she's so sweet and so cute i'm gonna be so pissed off but they're not that way at all they're the complete opposite but guess what i love that now the roles are going to be reversed because it's going to be nick's turn to meet Devin's parents and oh. I can't wait to find Have out. Have a good time with going. that, Nick. I know. 
But now we're going to jump back on over to Nikki. And remember, Nikki wants to pull Roxy aside and they want to have like a little girl talk. And um, this is not a conversation. I, I guess I consider myself a prude and I don't see anything wrong with that. So I would not approach like... And you and I have talked about things, but never, never, ever would I ever, like, talk to you about certain, like, bedroom situations. And no, mind you, like, I think that's, that's, that's rough. That's uh, a right. line that we just don't cross. Yeah, I've respected you enough to not do that. But Nikki same. <laughs> does not do the same thing for Roxy. She asks her, you know, okay, like, do the Moldovan men like to pleasure their women? And Roxy what? says, yeah, meaning like in the oral department of the bedroom. Oh. Okay, okay. we're there. Yeah. Okay. I was like, please okay. don't make me okay. say it. Mel, please don't make me say this. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> don't I don't understand. So no. please, can you okay. elaborate? A little cunnilingus here. I don't know. Like a little. Uh... <laughs> I hate that word. That's such a weird word. Cunnilingus. I know, but, but it's, it's better than. Yeah. Okay. I don't. Not I... as good as dickmatized. Not as good as dickmatized. And she wants, oh, my God, does Nikki want to be digmatized so bad, doesn't she? Sure she sure does. She sure does. Well, Nikki says that, she's like, this may be a little bit TMI, but since we're, you know, geeking, uh, before Justin knew that I was trans, he would fulfill my needs all the time down there in that department. But once he found out that I'm trans, he kind of stopped. And Roxy's like, um... Uh, I don't know what to say. Yeah, I think she she was very, very sweet. And she's like, well, have you talked to him about this? And she's like, I've kind of talked to him about this. And, you know, his response is always like he's just kind of processing everything and trying to get, you know, trying to get past this kind of like block, this mental block. But while the girls are inside talking, we can't think for one second that the guys aren't going to mention something. Mm -hmm. The guys are outside talking and they just they want to know, you know, how is Nikki in bed? And Justin says, you know, she's dominating. She dominates in the bedroom. Oh, okay. But one of his friends, Ivan, sweet, sweet Ivan, the man that you would bring to dinner. I mean, he has such beautiful conversation. I mean, especially when he just comes out and asks if Nick has a peen or not. He wants to know. Does she have a penis oh, or not? My guy. And Justin's My like, dude. no, no, she doesn't have one. I'm like, no, she, I did, trans means that parts have changed. Right. Parts, parts look different. Um, but Justin also, you know, says the same thing that he's been saying constantly over and over. He's been reiterating the fact that he just hasn't accepted it all yet. So it makes intimacy difficult. And then they're cut off immediately because the girls return to the table. And it's kind of like, you can tell that something was said. But the guy's kind of like that, like made it awkward and weird. Yeah, they stopped talking. Yeah, it's like, oh my god, Ooh, don't ask those questions. That's, yeah, that's, that's a juicy conversation to be having <laughs> just with your with your friends that are there. Like, hey, BT dubs. But he wasn't even casual about what? it. He's like, so down tell me, south. does Nikki have a penis or not? Like, what's the deal? What's going on down there? Okay, wow, what's going that's down uh... south of the border? I need to know. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm good. Thank you yeah. for not including me in that. Oh, okay. Uh -huh. Well, we are going to end it with Jasmine and Gino. And by end oh. it, I mean end it. So oh, we mean end it. We mean there is an ending. <laughs> so they leave the bocce ball place and are on the way home. And Jasmine is like, mm, there's no one that's Latin American. And 
They're all from the U.S., which is why they lack empathy. And I'm like, man, get out of here. That Mm -mm. is not the case. And just because you meet a group of people that you didn't necessarily jive with does not mean that everybody's that way. Okay, let's just do that. Yeah. But Gino asks her to give them a chance. And that is when a new bomb is dropped. Yeah. Uh-huh. Are you ready for this? So oh, we're yeah. just going to we're just going to go there. So she Jasmine drops her phone and she's like trying to reach for it. Uh-huh. She drops her phone. It thumps and she's like reaching everywhere. And he's like, let's in the just car, wait till we right? Get, in the car. They're in the car. And he's like, let's just wait till we get to wherever we're going. Go. I, I'm assuming they're going home. And then we'll I know. But he was like it. really persistent, too, when he said that. He was, and I noticed that too. That uh-huh. he was just like, "Let's just wait. Let's just wait." Like, yeah, no, 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 what, don't go digging for it. Don't go digging for it. Yeah, yeah. Let's just wait. <sighs> she finds a <laughs> lipstick. She finds uh-huh. a lipstick that is not hers, uh-uh. and she's looking at Gino, and she's holding this thing like it's a freaking positive pregnancy test, <laughs> and she's like, "What is this?" And he yeah. closes his eyes while he's driving, and he pretends to not know or what it is and she's like gaslights her he did he totally gaslights her and he's like i don't know maybe it's a co-workers maybe they dropped it and she's like who says this (laughs) like she's just her eyes were full on saucers y'all it was like the exorcism right there it was she's just like like just freaking out (laughs) <laughs> and then she, you know, he talks about it, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know who it is. Like, and. Well, but and he's like, is, you're crazy. You're crazy. I'm like, don't uh-huh. you dare do that. Don't uh-huh. you dare gaslight her. Uh-huh. She found a lip gloss that's not even hers in your car. Yes. Don't you dare. Yes. So, and as he brings up the whole, it's probably a coworker. She's then like, hold up. <laughs> You uh-huh. go out with your coworkers, and I'm telling you, the rage is all over her face. She's uh-huh. set, she's like, I know when Gino is lying to me, <laughs> and I have taken the last few years to study him and understand when he is not being truthful. And she can tell he's guilty AF. Okay, she's oh, just yeah. gonna call it for what it is. And he's pleading the fifth. He's like, I don't know whose it is. I don't know what that is. I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. And she's like, you are disgusting. Disgusting. And he calls her ridiculous and sickening. He's like, you're He's ridiculous. Gaslighter. You're sickening. Oh, yes. my God. I can't stand it. Yo, the guilt is written all over this homeboy's face. Yeah. Okay. She's bawling hysterically. And I feel for her in this moment. Like, you know something's not right. You can feel it. You can see it all over his face. He is not a good liar. No. And she's she's like i just want to go home i I just want to go home for her yeah i did too and she's like you're an effing cheater like she's (laughs) she was was she was raging he's like no i'm not and that's not considered cheating and he said it just like that you guys he said it just like that i'm like he did the rejecting, okay. the deflecting, and the lying that this man has put within a matter of 10 seconds in the car mm-hmm. is not something to just shy away from here, lady. No! And I'm sorry, him yelling back at you because you're calling him out on something that you know he's guilty for just by looking at him? I mean, come on now. Uh-huh. 
uh-uh. No, I, and I'm sorry. I would have probably backhanded him. He's talking to me like that. Oh, I would have. Oh, yeah. yeah. I would have been bitch slapped real freaking quick. Exactly. With and my ring like, on. With the ring on. Like, for exactly. Contact with a weapon that face. For a reason. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, so it was horrible. It was. It was absolutely hold, horrible. But they pull into this random parking lot. It's like a movie theater parking lot or something. It's raining. It's Michigan. It's, it's winter. It's cold. And she's in this short, form-fitting dress with just this little tiny jacket on. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm going back to Panama. And he's like, go. Like, if you don't trust me, feel free to go home. And she's like, I will. I'm going home. I'm going home. Dick. Yes. So... She's out of the car and she's like, I'm going to go get Coco. I'm going to go get my stuff and I'm going home to Panama. Screw you. You're going to buy me a ticket and I'm going home. And he's like, go, bye. Mm -hmm. And she's just out there in the cold in this skimpy dress, bawling her eyes out behind a building while he's like, let's just go get in the car and talk it out. And, you know, the cameras are following them everywhere and she's like, I hate Michigan. Like, it's just so <laughs> awful. The weather is just awful. Yeah. And so that didn't help the situation that she's no. freezing cold. Mm-hmm. And they're sitting in the car. She's like, I want to go home. And he's like, yeah, I think that's a good idea. And that's where it ends. But it's like, wh- this man has not cleaned out his car. Like, he does. Does he honestly think that it's a cohort? I mean, come on. Let's just be honest. Just I had multiple thoughts about this. Okay, what are they? And multiple thoughts that either he wears the lip gloss himself, oh, because he had to have known that it was there. Because oh, he, he was recognized very adamant. It. He recognized yeah. it when he saw and it. And he was adamant about her not looking for her phone in the car, uh-huh. not feeling around, none of that. So my thoughts are maybe he likes to wear it. I don't know his life. I mean, but, fair point. Okay, you know, but. You know, another part of me is like, he knows exactly whose lip gloss that is. Oh, yeah. I don't think it belongs to anybody in that vehicle. You know what? No way. He knows exactly whose that is. And he's like, dang it, Rebecca. <laughs> Damn Janet. Damn it, Damn. Janet. You left your lip gloss in here. And now I got caught. Yeah. <laughs> so, because when know, he that's... has those eyes closed at the beginning, he's like, oh, <laughs> my God. You he know that's knew. exactly what it was. He knew. He's like, yeah, 100%. Shit. He's like, I just made a huge mistake. Oh, absolutely. And she didn't back down from it not one second. She wasn't believing the lie. And uh-huh. so his response is to make her seem like she's the crazy one. Mm-hmm. That she's just like, no, that's yours. What are you talking about? Oh, really? I want to know whose that is. Explain to me. That's probably yours. You're probably the one that dropped it. You know what? And a woman knows her lipstick or her lip gloss. I'm sorry. If I were to get into John's car and I found some lipstick under the chair, I would instantly be like, we all know this is not mine. So (laughs) let's be real right now. Like, come on, man. But yeah. It's wild. That those two are so dysfunctional. I did feel her. I mean, like she is crying. She's out there in the cold. He's not helping the situation. He's not comforting her. She just mm-hmm. wants to go home. Let her go home. You know what? Let her yeah. go home. Let her yeah. go. She go be with go whoever home. has that lip gloss and let her go back to Panama. And she can be with the ex-boyfriend who paid $2,000 to get the butt implants that Gino has no idea about. Mm. Dane. Uh-huh. Dustin Pointer, I need you here. I need you watching these episodes. <laughs> get yes, that big red absolutely. flag waving. Get that, 
We're waving it for you. We are. Oh my God. Well, guys, that is where we leave you with episode six, the dysfunction that is 90 Day Fiance. I'm guaranteeing it's not getting any better from here. Mm-mm. So come follow us on all the things, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter. The no, not Twitter. The TikTok. We're not really on Twitter. No, we're not. Come drop us a line at pourtheteapodcast at gmail.com. Please rate us and review us. Hopefully all five stars wherever you get your podcasts. And tell your friends, tell your family. And come on this merry-go-ride that is just going faster and faster. I think we're having to hold on for dear life so we don't get flung off. But you know what? Maybe I will. Maybe I'll allow myself to get flung off and then I won't have to be on it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Let me fly off of this thing. It's All right, insane. I'm going with you. I'm holding your feet. Let's rage. <laughs> Let go. Ready? Three, two, one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. We love you guys so much. Come yes, and uh, listen to us the next time we drop off um, another episode. And uh, until then, take care. Bye. Be safe. And bye. Yeah.